0: You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Dude, you're you're the Tommy McNamara
1: of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With your host, Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about Mike Grella, I'm going to cut you.
0: And Harrison Crow. Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least
2: expect it. From the king.
1: Hello, everybody, and yes, welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I am your host, Ian, with me, as always, the guy that tried to secure a deal away from this podcast, the 11th hour, but we wouldn't let him do it, so he's still here. Say hey to everybody, Harrison Crow. I'm basically
0: the, uh, the, the uh, I don't know, the FC Dallas player, I guess, in this conversation, or like last year. That was last year, so I guess this year, what I'd... I'd uh, I would be. I don't know who didn't get their transfer that they that they wanted to.
1: I don't. I year? don't know. I don't know. I know. I tried to acquire uh, Thiago Esteval from Portugal, uh, but it turns out he was just using me for leverage. Dang, dang.
0: That's 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 some Seattle. That's some Seattle, Atlanta, uh, Toronto type yeah, stuff.
1: I know. Would have been a huge acquisition for us, but uh, unfortunately, uh, we too are restricted by our very small budgets here. You <laughs> <laughs> couldn't get him on a TAM deal. Had to
0: use one of your I had DPs. to use one of my DP
1: slots. I only have the one, and you're taking it. Um, I'm senior minimum, and uh, yeah, so that's where we're at. Anyway, <laughs> obviously we have uh, we have transfer on the brain. Uh, as uh, yesterday really was was deadline day. Uh, it'll two days ago, when you're listening to this, if you download it right away, <laughs> the, uh, I always laugh because I think that. Major League Soccer tries really hard to make it the same kind of circus and as exciting as it is in Europe, um, but we're just not quite there yet. <laughs> it's
0: it's not. I mean, it's it's so very, it's so not, very right?
1: not. We don't have helicopters flying people all over the place. We don't have fax machine drama. We don't have players just like literally driving to other clubs and sitting there until they get their deal. Uh, yeah. Would like? Wouldn't that be oh, would great be. though? I can't like, wait. Yeah, I love Deadline Day. I feel yeah. like
0: I feel like we're not that far away from a player doing that. I mean, we just about had that with Christian Ramirez. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you want... He basically just about got on a flight like for LA just because he was going to visit family. And oh, by the way, we also traded you to yeah. LA.
1: That's convenient for you. We did that. We did that for you. Um, we'll get into the specifics of that deal and, and other deals shortly. But listen, we have a lot to get through today. Um, so let's just go ahead. Let's do our stat of the week. Let's talk about it. Um, our stat of the week this week is from Harrison. Sorry, you were waiting for me to do the, the noise and I totally spaced <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, do the theme. Ba-doop, 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 That's ba-doop. the stat of the week, <laughs> theme, uh, performed and composed by Harrison Crow. The stat of the week this week comes from Harrison Crow. Uh, we've teased it before on this show, but you finally got in there and tweaked and. Uh, we're gonna launch either this week or next week the Harrison Crow watchability rankings. You wanna you wanna give us a run through of what this is?
0: Yeah, no, I hope that uh, by the time you download the podcast, it'll be up there on the yes. site tomorrow. I have everything all all out. I know uh, Ian's given it a proofread. I have uh, my week 23 uh, uh, matchups all done. So that's really exciting. Basically, so you've seen a lot of different watch abilities. I know uh, The Ringer has theirs. There's a couple other sites that have kind of uh, put out watch uh, watchability stats. It's just about trying to uh, capture aesthetically what is visually stimulating to watch. And that's entirely impossible because <laughs> everybody has something different that they're going to want to watch, and that's 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 been one of the curses about trying to do this is try to fit so many different aspects in. And it's funny because we've been talking about this at least uh, in Nerd League Slack for going back to like April, March timeframe. We've just dis- been discussing this, and we've been throwing ideas around trying to kind of uh, well, really, you guys have been trying to get me to resurrect this and redo this, um, and Back in May, June, we kind of settled on some some rough categories. Since then, we've thrown it out to Twitter. We've kind of perfected it. And the rundown is is that you need a category that controls for basically, is it a good team? because bad teams um generally don't play aesthetically pleasing soccer. Now that's not necessarily um true in all cases mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there there is a rule. Um, <laughs> the rule is good teams play aesthetically good, you know, sod- soccer. Chelsea obviously goes against that rule, <laughs> uh, in European fashion. Uh, right now, thinking um, domestically, I can't think of any specific team. I guess maybe Sporting KC isn't very high in, the, in this. Um, although I, I think I have ninety three, um, so I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like. Columbus, Columbus is a, has a 62 towards the bottom. Yeah. They're really good. They're probably maybe not a supporter shield contender, but they're definitely in the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference, and they're going to definitely make some noise when it comes to the playoffs. They're not somebody I think that most teams want to be matched up with. So um, that would be that would be one that doesn't necessarily fit the bill as far as hey um, they're really good but they don't necessarily match up so to stimulate that we use points per game Um, to control for the quality of attackers we did how many um, players on average uh, exceed a half of goal of open play xg on for the for the season so far how many have done it and then we basically take that and divide based on uh, how many games you played for the season to kind of control for uh, average, and that way, you know, Atlanta United, who's played two extra games more than everybody else, isn't necessarily completely over the line comparatively. I mean, obviously, they have some really good attackers, so I think they actually rank uh, either one, oh, no, they rank number two behind uh, LAFC. Three, um, three. So. <clears throat> Oh man, you're gonna make me look it up. I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I look this up. I'll <laughs> was, have everything posted. And you just, can. Uh, people NYFC,
1: can. NYCFC and Lafc, I believe, we're, were finished ahead of Atlanta in your watchability rankings.
0: Oh no! I'm just—I just mean in player oh, XG. Player
1: XG. Excuse me. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah. So just in,
0: in that, but um, yeah, I mean, you—you you have Houston, you have Atlanta, you have LAFC. All three of those teams have just dynamic attackers that are just going to tally up XG and be dominant attackers, and those—that's—that's that's something fun to watch visually, and that's something that we we took into account. Another thing that we took into account was shots and even game states. We don't. How many shots, not just for your team, but uh, in games that your team plays, are there going to be generated? We Generally, you don't want to be watching a game to where there's one team going at it. You want both teams trying to earn the points for the game, not one team just trying to... Um, suss out you know that one that one point on the road right um now these games aren't (laughs) necessarily i didn't do a a home uh watchability and a way at watchability that's going to come in the future i just don't have time for that yet probably in the off season makes sense but ultimately we want to know how many times are they who's chasing the games and who's not um dc united very bottom uh on even uh, even game state shots, right. uh, with only 7.47 per game. Uh, the other side of it is Kansas City, who has 13. Um, excuse me, Philadelphia, Portland, uh, Seattle, all with over 14. Um, so all those teams generally tend to play open styles, uh, an open style that creates shots for both teams. And yeah, they tend to let
1: they tend to let um, fly too. They're they they're good about. Throwing those outside of the box shots up there as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and, and and sometimes you have to take. I mean, we've talked about that before. Sometimes it's a tactical move to take that outside shot to kind of open up different avenues of the game to draw out center backs, make ha, make them make a decision. Um, so uh, another uh, another category is the cross versus through ball ratio. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. you every everybody hears me rant about crosses. Um, but through balls is is generally what you want to see cr-
1: being created. Um, okay, this is going to be a sticking point for some people. So I want to come through and I want, to, I want to speak on your behalf. Yeah. This isn't about... Okay, so one of the things that you need to understand when you're looking at this sort of thing is this is supposedly from the view of a neutral. That's not coming into this with any sort of... Um, you know, inherent bias towards a particular team. Otherwise, that would be completely different. Obviously, it would be completely different. Well,
0: I, that, that, at that point, you're going to watch the yeah, game so anyway. This, is, this isn't this necessarily is for, yeah. to
1: de- this determine This is like that, if right. aliens landed on the planet tomorrow and wanted Harrison to tell them which Major League Soccer game.
0: Or if you're from England, if you're from England and you want to know, hey, what's a game that is going to be really representative of MLS? If you're from England and
1: you want to watch a Major League Soccer game. This is what we'll do. Uh, But nobody, no neutral, like, really sits there and goes like, man, I hope I get to see a lot of crosses today. Of course, we prefer the through balls. So even though that might disqualify your favorite team, and even though crossing might be their most effective strategy, I'm going to go ahead, and I know this is going to be a sticking point, and say that I, I stand with Harrison on this. Through balls are better than crossing
2: well
0: and and crosses are a necessary evil i i I put that on twitter the other day um crosses are absolutely a necessary evil you have to get wide you have to create a, a form of width it's not necessarily about um there are good crosses there are bad crosses we've talked about this before on the podcast but ultimately if you're if you got this a large volume of crossing, you're probably not an aesthetically pleasing team. You're probably a rather infuriating team to watch. Yes. Um, and that's just, again, rule versus, you know, there's
1: some exceptions to that. Of course. Um, all right. So crosses are through balls. Uh, what else we got here?
0: All right, let's do uh, Sorry, I, I pulled it pulled away from that. So the other one, the other, uh, so we have three more <clears throat> categories, fouls. Fouls generally suck. I think I actually, like I think that's an actual sentence in my article. Fouls suck to watch because it's, it, it just, it lets the air out of the game. It shuts down open play and runs. And generally they're, again, like crosses, there's a necessity to the game. There's tactical, uh, there's a tactical place for them. Yes. However, do we like to see teams that are just absolutely chopping each other down? Not generally.
1: Uh, fouls are like if you're on an elevator and you're trying to get to the top floor, those people that push all the buttons on the way there so that you have to stop at each one, that's what fouls are to a game. <laughs> that is They're brilliant. important to those people that push those buttons, and they're important in that time to those people, but you're just trying to get to the top and these people, this is what's stopping the flow. There we go.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Bravo. Bravo. Um, uh, and the next category is passes per defensive action. Now, you have Opta, you have Stats Bomb that both uh, define uh, passes per defensive action basically within a specific sector of the pitch. This, for <clears throat> our rankings and our purposes, are all passes and all defensive actions now in this context defensive actions for us are um really simply uh tackles blocks interceptions uh challenges so those those are those are what those are those four right um i believe stats bomb also includes fouls yes which again to reiterate fouls are bad from an aesthetics Mm -hmm. perspective so i did not include that indeed so um it, it's how many passes are being made against you uh, and how many times are you going out to challenge. We don't want to see a team that's just going to sit back and pass and pass and pass and pass. And there's, again, some tactical nuance to that that we, we really enjoy. Um, I really think that there's some interesting chess, pl- chess maneuverings that happen in a game to where a team's trying to break another team down and it's all about that defensive uh, stalemate and whether or not they can keep their positioning while trying to win a counter or, uh, you know, go the other way on a fast break. But ideally, it's not what we want to see. We want to see somebody come out and challenge, win that ball back, and it's exciting. Events are exciting. These, are, these types of events are exciting. So... Um, yeah, so that's that's category number six. Last category is dribbles. Because who doesn't like something that tries
1: stuff? Um, I can think of no one that doesn't like a good dribble. A defender, no. perhaps.
0: No, I think there's defenders. I mean, come on, have you seen Nick Ramondo? There's some defenders out there that can definitely ball. They want to
1: dribble, too. Everybody loves a good dribble. This is why um, all the commercials that you see during the World Cup, the classic ones with Brazil at the airport, they're not... They're not fouling each other. They're doing fancy dribbles. We all know this. Play beautifully.
0: Yeah, and so yeah, so that's that's obviously a ranking, and so this is how we came to our our ranking. We calculated that um, it it it's not vastly complicated. Uh, honestly, it, it really isn't. Um, it's a simple mean regression uh, that we used a cumulative score for each team. So that meaning, hey, if Atlanta is number one in something, then they get a, a 23 uh, point score. If NYC's number two, they get 22 points, and you uh, that's cumulative across the board, and you calculate that up, and that's that's what score that they get, and then when we match them up against each other, we add those two scores together and divide by two, and that
1: is your game score. Okay, all right. This is great. Here it is. Are you ready to do unveil this, the rankings? Sure. All sure. right. Number one. All time, or do you want to go back? Let's start at the top. We're not going to go through every team. Oh
0: wow, you you have like you you went ahead and you you got everybody. Okay, I want to know the
1: results of this. I want to know who is the most aesthetically pleasing team in Major League Soccer, um, as determined by this scientifically sound and mathematically accurate metric. Uh oh. Give it to me.
0: Uh yeah, NYCFC. Of course it
1: is. Of course it is. Of course. Now uh, I know. Right. Okay. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> now, I know what a lot of you out there are saying. But what about Atlanta? Where did where, where did Atlanta well, Ad- come up short? Uh,
0: so I mean, there's there's lots of things that you could probably point to. Atlanta did really well. Of on course, this, right? Not as good um, as NYC. Just looking but, at their yeah. rank down, um, their even shot, even game state shots, they didn't do too well, and that's that's because a lot of games at home they don't. They, don't, they
1: haven't even th- game th- state very long. Th-
0: Right. Well, it, it, a they don't stay in even game state very long. B you have teams that bunker. So I mean that's just a reality, right? Those are, those are things that are going to come into it. Um, they didn't do well in fouls. They are ranked uh, the fourth lowest in fouls. Um, so they're having tons. And that's, again, not surprising. They're a team that lives on the counter and break, and they do things really well, and they execute. And sometimes the only way to stop them is those tactical fouls. Um, obviously, a lot of fouls have happened. Um, and then they're really, um, surprisingly, they're really um, average when it came to dribbles.
1: Yeah, they, uh, move the so, ball, they stretch the field really, really well. That's kind of their deal.
0: Yeah, so I mean, they. they I was a little bit surprised. I thought maybe with having you know uh, Ezekiel Barco um, play a good deal, um, Nagby as well, uh, Almiron, I thought that there would be a little bit higher in dribbles, but... Um, you know, um, right. uh, still, they got a, a score, 104 score. They're ranked third uh, behind uh, NYCFC and LAFC. F C. next, um, okay. So.
1: Um, what about, let's go, all right, let's just run out the top five. I don't think we need to do all 20 teams here. That would be extreme. Four and five, who you got?
0: Okay. All right, so uh, let, me, uh, let, me, let me do this real fast, because I didn't have it all... Sorted oh, and everything just yet to to, to do that. No, it's it's fine. Um, and I say I said NYCFC uh, was number one. I, I I misspoke. LAFC is number one with a 123 score. Uh. NYCFC with 122. Atlanta, uh, New England came in at 103, as well as the New York Red Bulls at 103 at 103 as well. Um, everybody else was below 100. So okay. There's there's that. Um, I I think. People might be a little bit surprised, um, and I completely just ruined my spreadsheet. <laughs> that's not cool. See, kids, don't use Control C or Control uh, Control X to don't do Don't do it. That's just that's you don't do it. It's it's not smart. It it's not. It, it doesn't help. We're gonna you. do a telephone there's, about There's there's nothing that's going to help you in that. Don't use Control um, X. Um.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, New England's kind of high. I like that. I think that they have been surprisingly fun to watch this year. Uh, I think that that's sort of a result of a a much higher tempo than we've seen from them in the past. Uh, Friedel's definitely got them pressing and moving the ball quickly. New York Red Bulls, I think, is probably the same thing. I mean, they're just a very direct team. Um, They definitely kind of like just go at you very, very quickly as well. So, I mean, I think that's sort of what we're accepting now. There's like a modern standard of beauty when it comes to soccer, just like all other things.
0: So can we can we talk real fast about number six? Number six is going to catch some people. And I I want I want I want to talk about this uh, just because I think that it's uh, some people are going to hate on it. Number six, your great Minnesota loons.
1: I will tell you this. I think that that makes sense. I mean, well, because they're just Minnesota games are exciting. (laughs) Lots of things happen. They they, they really
0: are. Yeah. I don't I didn't have any problem with this when I saw it. Um this was the one thing that I, I was like, okay, we have to talk about this on the podcast because it was it was surprising to me, but when kind of breaking it down, uh, you know, they're not terrible. They're yes, they're on the bottom half of the points per game, but they're not at the bottom of the table. Um they ha- consistently have players that are, you know, putting up good attacking scores. Um it, They don't have crazy um, uh, shooting in uh, game states, but they still, it's pretty even. Um, as far as like being average, uh, they have tons of through balls. Darwin Quintero, Rosmus Schuler, they're constantly on the break when it comes to that and taking advantage. They don't foul a lot. They're above average when it comes to that. Um, they, they actually score really high in uh, the uh, pass per defensive action as well. And then their dribbles, they're pretty, uh, they're just slightly below average. So, I mean, there's a lot of aesthetic principles um, that put them right there. And really, they, they're, they're deadlocked with portland kansas city fc D- dallas um so i know we said we weren't going to go over all the teams but um i just thought it was kind of interesting that uh minnesota had the edge of those uh that cluster like,
1: yeah. all right um i'm gonna guess the lowest team i'm gonna take a guess
0: oh <laughs> okay go i think for it. it's probably gonna be pretty <laughs> easy
1: is it colorado
0: uh, no, 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 it's not. Uh, very is close, it? though. So, uh, there are three teams that just kind of sit really, uh, really at the bottom. Very obviously, uh, Colorado's number uh, two of the bottom. Number three of the bottom is DC yeah. United, the bottom of the bottom. Chicago Fire.
1: Boy, it's been a, it's not been a good, good, good couple months for the Chicago Fire, has it? Um. <laughs>
0: It, it kind of got worse today, but I'm sure we'll talk about yeah, that later. Yeah, sure did.
1: Um, well, okay. Those are the watchability rankings. Those will be up on the website uh, before we we leave for other pastures. Can you? Uh, what what the, the main goal of this is to kind of let us know uh, our upcoming matchups this week. So I think do you have the the most compelling matchup from a neutral's perspective?
0: Yeah, so there I, I do have that uh, sitting. I'm actually kind of working on writing them up right now. So um, I don't have it ordered, um, but it's pretty easy to pick that out. It's going to be LAFC versus Kansas City with a 108 score. Um, obviously, those are two really compelling teams. They're both really good, and on with that they have you know some really good attacking players. So it just kind of there's a lot of logical. Um, there's a lot of logic that's kind of built into that, right? Like, okay, obviously, those are that's going to be a good game. I mean, they have some good players, they do some really good aesthetic things. Um, and likewise, uh, the lowest matchup this weekend is Colorado San Jose with the 66. Um, that's not surprising. Both of those teams have generally just not done well in a lot of different categories. Um, you know, DC United, Orlando city, again, right there with the 70. Um, also not really an enjoyable yeah. game.
1: Uh, it's nice when you, you work on these formulas and it turns out that it does match your preconceived notions. Like that's always helpful.
0: Uh, yes and no. Uh, both <laughs> Columbus and Houston, both teams that I, yeah, I think really like are, are great yeah. to watch uh, both really low in this. Um, so yeah, there's there's some surprises. There's some things like Minnesota that make sense to me that I'm like, okay, well I never put that together, but that makes sense now that I'm seeing it. Um, Columbus and Houston, like I said, Columbus being fourth
1: lowest was uh, uh, just mind blowing to me. But yeah, well um, that was our stat of the week. We're gonna move on. Um, you know what might make Columbus appear slightly higher in your watchability rankings? Uh, if they had a winger that did, like, winger yeah, things. Yeah. Like Justin Mirum. Uh Let's talk about... Obviously the main thing's going on this week was the transfer window. We're not gonna get into every single transaction because there were just a lot of little ones that don't matter, a lot of things for the future. A lot of players, frankly, we haven't heard of and can't speak to until we see them play a little bit. Uh, but let's just knock out some of the big ones that kind of came up uh, in the last couple of days. I know we've teased a number of transactions over the last month as the window's been open and we've, we've talked a lot about those bigger acquisitions then. Uh, but these are ones that have just come up lately. Uh, right as we were finishing recording last week, like as soon as we hit stop recording, uh, we got word that Justin Miram was uh, sent back to Columbus for less money um, than what uh, Columbus paid uh, or what Orlando paid to them so essentially the way it worked out was just that I think what uh it was like a four month six month like uh, yeah six three hundred thousand loan, loan. <laughs> and it did not work out well so um we've discussed this in the past that obviously Orlando is kind of a team that's in it, it, it's a team with it's 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 a team lacking like a, a cohesive kind of identity, like a cohesive center, um, a new coach. I wish I, I I'm I want to help you out there, man. I
0: I I have no idea. Yeah, there's there's so much there's wrong just, with with all of Orlando right now, and that's not to take any like sharp jabs. There's just it's it's just kind of a the mess whole, the whole scene and, down and there. it stops from it starts yeah. at the top and it just works its way all the I way think, down um there's i think there's some interesting things
1: there yeah, but, yeah i think especially because it was a team that we all looked at and we saw these moves that going off in the off season it was just like man orlando cleaned up in the off season like they brought in a lot of great players um, you know, they bring in a Bundesliga center back, they bring in, um, you know, NASL's best player, they bring in Justin Muir, they bring in Sasha Question. like, the, you know, they've got Dom Dwyer finally off. Like, you're looking at this team on paper, you're like, well, this is a team that's not, this is going to compete. Um, and for a little bit there, they kind of did, but lately it's just been, uh, it's been abysmal. It's just been a really, really bad scene. And I, I think that Justin Muir was obviously an extremely unhappy, uh, player there. Um, and you know, one of the things we said was that it was like, how bad was his situation there that he was desperate to go back to the situation he previously was trying to get out of. So, um, it'll be interesting to kind of see how the fans, I, I assume the Columbus fans are going to be cool with the whole thing and welcome him back with open arms. And I know that, that Greg Berhalter is going to be very, very pleased to have him back as well. Um, so, uh, kind of a bummer for Orlando that that all didn't work out, but hopefully, this is one of the things that obviously it was a situation where the player wasn't exactly a great fit. And so by moving him, maybe it helps both teams a little bit, but probably Columbus more.
0: Yeah, obviously they needed, uh, you know, Kevin Minkus is throwing out some good stuff on Twitter with uh, just looking at their shot creation maps, their shot maps. Um, Obviously they they have, uh, I think Elliot McKinley uh, referenced it as being a like a Justin Miram size hole uh, there on the left side. So that's going to help them greatly. Uh, that being said, uh, yeah, it, it's not been good. And looking at it from the perspective of Orlando, um, they, they're going to have to figure some stuff out. And I honestly, I don't think that this I don't think the rest of the year it, it's it's realistic for them to. To, to figure that out before the end of the year, um, it, yeah. so no yeah.
1: it doesn't seem likely to me, and i it's one of those things where it, it was kind of an odd time to hit the reset button again, but sometimes you know just <laughs> you gotta you gotta 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 safe scum that a little bit, just go back and like let's let's try again and uh, I think getting rid of Christ was honestly, I was surprised it took as long as it did. I kind of felt like that was the thing they might want to do in this off season um. I know that a lot of people still really have a lot of faith in Christ. And I, I understand that, like he's got a he's got a pedigree that would suggest that, you know, he can do that. Uh, but there clearly were, were some things at odds there. It it's a situation again, it's just it's going to take time. <clears throat> you know, some teams come right off the gate and, and do fantastic and do well. Some teams need time to gel and build. And, um, you know, if you're a fan of that team, I, you know, you might want to kind of look at this as, as a good opportunity to, um, you know, just just be like, Okay, be patient. It does take time. Like the success isn't gonna come right away, but you look at how some teams have done. It taken three or four years to really get going, and then when they do, like you know, they're perennially good and perennially favorites. And like that is a great way to be long term.
0: That that's totally not fair because they've they've tried to go from zero to sixty. Uh, and they continue to try. They're not building anything. And that's the really the problem. That's the crux of the issue is they have these underlying problems within their, not just within the organization, but obviously within their organization. Just looking at the first team, they have issues on defense. They've had chronic defensive issues every single year. And while they've tried to address those, I don't feel like they've tried to address those and, and you can point <laughs> right. out okay they had some health issues there are some things that 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 just haven't gone right but at the same time um you know they uh, what, what they went and spent all the, they they spent and got cam lin uh Lindley from uh chicago yeah. guys played 300 minutes yeah your defense is a train wreck. Why isn't he? You're not going to do anything the rest of the time. Why isn't he taking his lumps? Yeah, I
2: don't
0: know. Uh, these are these are just. I mean, build towards something. Well, I think
2: if you're going to yeah. have,
0: I mean, they were the same thing could be said for Tommy Redding last year, to where um, he took a uh, he took a lot of lumps, he took a lot of bruises, and I get kind of pulling him at certain times because you don't want to just completely abuse him. But at the same time, you, you want these guys to get experience, understand, hey, the Diego Valeris of the world operate like this. Sebastian Javinko operates like this. this is, these, these are moments that you're not going to get back. And when you have a young player, they're going, it's, it's not the same as going to USL. There's, not, there's a couple crafty veterans that can make their living off of doing like, you know, things, but it's not the same level. And if you want to grow these players that have the potential to be MLS starting caliber defenders for the next five years, I won't, I won't go so far as to say next 10, but at least for the next short-term gap, your next window for success, you need to start blooding them now. And it, that just is how it has Let to work. Let me
1: offer a bit of a, it's not a counterpoint, because I agree with you, that's how it should work. Um. But here's, I think, the issue, and here's why I think we don't see teams do this. And that's, we're looking at this from a, a, an outsider's perspective. Um, you know, like, these coaches, like, are worried about their jobs. These coaches are worried, like, these GMs are worried about fans leaving and not coming back. Uh, you know, like, there is just, like, this, like, yeah, sometimes maybe it's good to just steer into that skid. But, like, that just goes against, like, every sort of, like, natural reaction that these kinds of, of people do you think, have. Do
0: you think James O'Connor is scared he's not coming back next year?
1: No, I mean I was talking more about, serious serious question. I'm not I'm no, not no, no, I'm no, not trying I, to I, I negate think obviously what you he's said, not I he's mean, not worried. I was saying more Christ was worried about his job. Um yeah, you know, totally. and like so he's not trying but to like at this point he's not in going time. to be like, "Well, you know what, if we're going to lose anyway, let's just put out the young kids." Because he's got to like he's but got it's to It's put- not about necessarily losing. You're not
0: you're not surrendering again. And this is such a fallacy. You can win. Look at Austin. I mean, I don't want to go to the one example that's in the league, but really <laughs> there's only one example and that's not true. Uh, that's not true. New York Red Bulls are another example. Vancouver's been another example to where right. um, they've given young players opportunities to succeed, and they've done so. And, you know, Vancouver, they made money off of Tim Parker and his rise over the last three years. They, when he when he was drafted, um, he wasn't drafted with a lot of – even though he had some, uh, some roots within the U.S. Uh, youth international camp – he wasn't being, uh, and he's still not someone that people put up, but he's really good. And obviously they made a lot of money off of, you know, some Tam and Gam from New York Red Bulls for playing him. They put it out there. They let him take some lumps, but they didn't, they still made the playoffs a, a couple years and it, their dependency on getting to the playoffs wasn't because Tim Parker was in the lineup. In fact, if anything, it helped them reach that level the the couple times that they did. They had other issues. Orlando City is almost completely in the same situation. Putting Lindley or, or putting some young center back in there isn't saying, white flag, come and get us, score a bucket of goals. It's saying, no, no, no. I'm just going to do this a little bit different. I'm going to give them an opportunity to succeed or fail.
1: Right. I, I agree. I agree. And
0: there might there might be some successes and there might be some failures. Just because you give up three goals doesn't mean you can't come away from that game and say, wow, there are some really good things that happened from here, from this. Right. And, oh, by the way,
1: I mean, this is— But that's is, hard to sell to fans. That's hard to sell to, 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 to a board, like if you're a coach, to be like, no, 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 we lost 3 nothing, but I did get this kid some experience. Experience.
0: But, okay, you, you, but, okay, if you lost 3 nothing, there's more things going on than just the fact that you started a young center Probably. back. What's going on with your attack? What's going on with your midfield? There's so many different other aspects. Look over at LA Galaxy. Why isn't Thomas uh, Hillard Arce getting starts in that atrocious defense? Like, that's an, another example. They're beating teams 4-3, 5-4 in these crazy shootouts. Yeah. Zlatan Ibrahimovic is doing everything that could even be remotely plausible to win games and pulling them out. Ola Kamara, uh, Roman Alessandrini, I mean, these guys are just being amazing. And they have this back five that, and no disrespect to Perry Kitchen, um, I think he's actually been pretty decent at times this season. I just think that he's his responsibility is so overwhelming to uh, just make up for guys that just aren't doing their jobs. Uh, and I shouldn't even say they aren't doing it. I just don't think – I question their talent level to actually accomplish right. the, the task. And you have this young guy that was supposedly the one of the best defenders in college last year, yeah, yeah. somebody that is at least being considered – a, for a future u s international see, and you're not going to even give him a sh- i mean he's got three games in this yeah. year
1: come on well yeah uh you know it it's i i wish I could give you a better justification for it other than just that it's it's not. It's, it's, it's not, and, and this isn't.
0: I'm, I'm sorry. This isn't targeted no, 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 you. This I, is I just. just um, like, These are conversations that I've had DMs with lots yeah. of people, and I know that they feel the yeah. same way. Yeah. And if you're tr- if you're a head coach and you're trying to say, "Well, how do I justify this to the board? How do you justify continually to give a, that your defense that you spent tons and tons more than the, really the rest of the league yeah. on your defense, and it to be that bad? How
1: can you?" How can you go to your board? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I agree with you. I do. I, I agree with you. It goes. The, just the, to, the, it yeah. just goes the opposite I'm way. I'm just trying to explain why I think it happens. I'm not saying it's the right thing to happen. I'm not saying it's a good thing to happen. I'm just saying I can see the point of view of a coach or, or GM or, or somebody that's just like desperate to like just hold on to whatever they have. Anyway, <laughs> if, you didn't like, if you didn't like that, you're not going to like these next couple trades. So let's go ahead and move on here. Uh, Christian Nemeth to SKC uh, which was... I don't really understand why he didn't just go there originally. I don't know what New England wanted from him there. No, um, yeah, no. I mean, I, I
0: can only imagine they were just completely irreverent about it. And, I mean, they they basically didn't yeah, play. It was stupid. They they played him. They gave him a few minutes, but I mean, largely he was not somebody that they wanted. He wasn't somebody that they. Uh, it was. It was almost. He was almost served as a trophy.
1: It was kind of like you can have him or nothing, and they're like, "Oh, i will take him." So it's fine. Um, anyway. It,
0: well, I th- it was almost like uh, it It was almost like going to the grocery store with uh, maybe not even the grocery store. Maybe it was like playing poker with somebody and being like, OK, I raise you a quarter. And the guy across the way is like, I'll raise you 10 cents. <laughs> OK, at 15, 20, yeah. 25, <laughs> at 30. And you just don't you don't know how far they're willing to go. Yeah. And so well. Kansas City was just like, OK, I'm not playing this game. How much are you willing to spend? Well, how much yeah. you got? Right, like, like, I mean, that was the game that that New England continued to play, and they did it really poorly. They're a terrible team when it comes to appreciating their assets, and and uh, at least they got something for him. Yeah. That's that's a thing. I don't. I still don't see
1: the draw with him. I, I don't, I don't really even know what he's going to do in SKC. I mean, like, I feel like they're a team that's actually done a really good job of throwing their kids out there, um, and and to put this guy back in maybe one of those spots seems a little bit. I don't know. Anyway, I guess he's gonna. You have to score goals. You have to have a number nine that scores goals. Is that even what he does? I think he's gonna be out in the wing.
0: Are they gonna just put him up top? Well, that's what he's been traditionally. The the word is that yes, he's gonna serve as their number nine. I don't think he's a number nine. I don't think he takes very good shots. Right. Um, I think the positioning that he gets to is uh, really average. Um, his xG's never been, at least in the time that he was with um, Kansas City, was ever very good. I, I I'm yeah. I'm supremely skeptical that that's going to work out. That being said, they they seem it wasn't to a huge, have a system and they want to stick with it, yeah. and that's good on uh, Peter It wasn't Ramiz. a huge investment. I, I trust for Like if it
1: doesn't work out, it's not like oh my gosh, we're out so much. Uh, SKC also picking up Andreu uh Spanish center back, 28 years old from Atletico de Vigo. Um, not really sure. I, I uh, center back seems to be a position uh, where SKC is, you know, um, quite wealthy with with two of the best defenders in the league, Iko Parra and Matt Besler. Uh, uh, I think, but uh, who do they have behind them? Yeah, I think no, is just question it's true, right? then, like, what happens next year?
0: Especially with moving Amor yeah. out, and Bezler's you know, going to be a free agent he...
1: next year. I don't know if if SKC are going to get him back, or you know what I'm saying.
0: I imagine they'll get him back. I mean, it would be absolutely crazy to, to think about what he would fetch on the open market. I know that, you know, um, yeah. the, the, there's a Paul Tenorio article that we we talked yeah, about yeah. this uh, earlier that, you know, can complicate the matter. Well, but uh, honestly, gotta, I can't imagine. I mean, imagine. it's going
1: to be expensive to bring him back. And they've got to bring Zuzi back more, I think. And he's going to be in the same boat. So maybe they don't do both. I don't know. Do they have to bring Zuzi back? I mean... Don't they? He's been really, really good. He's, like, their most I, Well, important you know, player.
0: they're already bringing in Jalen Lindsey. Like, the, yeah. speaking of playing your yeah. kids, they're bringing Lindsey along. And, I, I honestly, I have no opinion on him whatsoever. I know there's, he, there's a hype train that's centered around yeah. him. I've just kind of watched it uh, move on by me right now. Um, but I don't think you should be paying that much. I don't think you should be paying... Uh, a DP deal towards your right back. But like, um, he's I get really Tam. Good. He he has been, and and don't get me wrong. I think he's the best right back in the yeah. league. Um, is he? How long will he be the best right back in? The that league? is
1: the question. So
0: that's an interesting he, situation. What he's? I mean, he's how how old is he? He's like 31, yeah. 30?
1: I think. Yeah, uh, it's curious that you know, and I, I, I think that perhaps uh, Andre Fantas, uh you know, good. Good kind of pedigree here. Like, I think that he's he's a good um, piece to have just in case, you know, anybody in that back line needs to be moved around a little bit. You know, I think that helps to have somebody like that there available already.
0: And, Agreed. I think he'll be, I think he's, I, if, if nothing else, I think he's a really interesting yeah, well, one. It just
1: gives you like an extra half season to kind of get him to gel with the club. Um, so, anyway, that's what SKC has been up to. Probably the least surprising, uh, but most. Okay, this is where I'm going to kind of probably rant, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Uh, so, Minnesota... Do it. Minnesota dealt Christian Ramirez to LAFC for... what was what? It was a million, right? It was a million in, in allocation?
0: Yeah, something like that. Um, I actually don't know off Yeah, I think it was.
1: it was. It was there, a million or thereabouts. Um, I don't... This one's tough because on the one hand like I I try to maintain like a level of not having sentimentality when it comes to these sort of things and from just like a logistic standpoint when you say okay well we we've got Darwin Quintero, okay we've got this new guy Angelo Rodriguez um you know then we've got behind Ramirez yeah behind Ramirez you know we've got Abu Ladi, we've got Mason Toy and Ramirez isn't young like he's he's not old but he's not young either he, he, He's never going to be worth more than he is right at this moment in time. Like, there's no way he's going to fetch more in the offseason. He's in his yeah. prime. So, if you keep him on as your third choice Ford, or second if you've got Don Lottie or Toy, like, or I'm sorry, if you've got King at the 10, it... it you're, you're you're pretty much crushing potential future value that you could get from somebody like Abu Ladi or or maybe even Mason Toy to a lesser degree. So I, I get it. Um, that being said, this is an incredibly unpopular move uh, with the fan base, and I know that doesn't necessarily make it a bad move on its own. Like and, and that shouldn't matter, but it's just it's like it was. It's amazing. Like people are extremely upset by this. This was. You know, this is a club icon for Minnesota. This is a guy that has been—he's Superman. He's their hero. Um, you know, him and, and Inabara are—we're like the heart and soul of this team. Um, you know, and, and so it's—it's it's an interesting—it's an interesting situation. I think ultimately it was the right move, um, but man, I really don't like that they did it. Does that make sense? I I think that's the uh, –
0: there's a lot of people that feel alienated. Here's the thing. Yeah. You have a coach that, number one, it's not his cup of tea. Like, that's not how he wants to play. Mm-hmm. They went out and they paid money. Something that their their fan base has been clamoring about is to go get uh, a goal score. They want more goals scored. I don't think that their the, – the, the thought process was rep- – getting someone like this was going to mean the removal of Christian Ramirez. I think it was kind of in addition to, yeah. right? Uh, unfortunately, that's not what's going to happen. I mean, it, Ramirez is very much uh, a prototypical number nine. I don't think that he's going to I, – I I just don't see a four four two being used right now. They've kind of played with it, but it's never been to use to great success. I don't think that that's – yeah, so they go and they go, they get themselves what they see as an upgrade to Ramirez. Mm-hmm. And let me just say right now, I don't think Ramirez. I think he's a pretty average MLS striker. That's probably a pretty uh, unpopular take. It's a little harsh. And I get what he means to that yeah. fan base, but dealing him, I think, especially for for seven figures. I think, puts you and your organization in a really good place going forward. You
1: know what would have been cool to do? Would we uh, have done that like three weeks earlier and taken the seven figures and gotten a decent center back?
0: Or even uh, six. But I mean, it's not like there's not a few that are floating around for sale, but But that's 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 a a different story.
1: Anyway, I think this whole thing was kind of bungled a bit. Uh, I think it could have been handled better. I think it should have been handled earlier this year. Uh, when they could have done something with that money, um, but you know they didn't. So uh, it's Minnesota. This but I mean,
0: at. the other side of the coin is, and it, they're building something. They obviously have started to put something together right mm-hmm. now. I feel at least that's what I feel like. I feel like they have the pieces now uh, more so than what they did one year yeah. ago. They're going to take that money. They're going to go into the off season, and they're going to be they're very likely with both Molino and Ethan Finley back next year, they're going to be a better team. Yeah. So if they can add, take that money, add center backs, add a really good center back, add a really good uh, number six, um, this is a team that could, you know, all of a sudden start competing in the Western conference, which I mean, that's not a crazy statement. No,
1: that's not there. This is certainly the best that Minnesota has been since they joined the league. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the the, there was an opportunity here to even make a run at a playoff spot this season if they had done something a little bit more smart with that and timed that a little bit better. But at this point, you know, I don't see that happening for them. So,
0: you know, it's funny because you look at the Western Conference and you think you know Seattle, RSL, Minnesota, Houston, all kind of right there, um, missing maybe one big piece to really set them apart from anything else none of them did anything really substantial
1: well i mean seattle bought like the sixth most expensive player
0: We'll we'll talk about that yeah. here uh, is that next on the list what's what's uh, next no, on the list uh,
1: but real quick before we leave this one ramirez uh, at lafc i don't really see what that's going to look like either um yeah that's weird because that kind of forces Marco Urania, out doesn't it I mean it? if that's what they want to do I don't know or if they see Ramirez as a backup I think they've got lots of money and they seem to like collecting players so I I, I, I mean get,
0: why why not collect all the best players? The players you can get
1: so uh, best of luck to, to Superman there and uh, at LAFC uh, you, you know what
0: the other side it, real fast the other side of that is that he is a local yeah. guy and that probably does a lot yeah, for the that, community that's, there that's true
1: that's a good point uh so. all right real quick i don't want to spend a lot of time on this because i don't care about any of these transactions that much but they did happen odora and quincy miracle swap between Montreal and san jose the only thing i can really say about this is that i i don't know that san jose has a really pacey attacker i don't think that's really a hosting things this maybe just is a different option for them um that being said you know these are known quantities in this league and i, I think we kind of know what we can expect from from both of them I think
0: Odoro lost a step. It'll be really yeah. interesting to yeah, see we'll what's see. going you Montreal
1: also uh, adding some interesting pieces in and Sanya from um, of Manchester City fame and um, kind of a thirty one year old right back Euro guy. Okay. And Michael Zira. He's thirty he's thirty four thirty five. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. Up. Well, that's Montreal for you.
0: It'll be it'll be interesting to see how 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 long he can yeah. he can keep up. He he he's kind of like an Ashley Cole. I think he's gonna be really good for the first sixty five yeah. minutes and then just death afterwards. Yeah. Which, you know, and then
1: that'll be the interesting. The one place I don't think that Montreal have a lot of issues is in the center of midfield. Uh I think that Piet and uh Tider have been very good there for them, but they went ahead and just got a zero from Colorado who was kind of frozen out of Colorado despite really kinda of having Two years ago, just kind of coming into his own and being one of the better, better players in the, you know better sixes in the league there. So, new lease on life for him, I guess. Uh, like I said, none of these are really super major transactions, but but they did happen. Uh, the
0: one one thing about that is it also kind of pushes Crawlick down the. Uh, the depth charts, and I thought he was really good to start the season, so uh, that's a little bit surprising.
1: Um, All right, moving on to, uh, what have I got here, Seattle, Brad Smith to Seattle, this was a very, (laughs) uh, this was met with much consternation uh, from the Seattle fan base, Uh, Brad Smith is a left back slash left winger, but I think mainly left back, who is uh, 22 years old, he's on loan, Uh, 20 international appearances for Australia. Uh, He's broken into the senior team at Liverpool in the Premier League and then was a regular in the 18 for Bournemouth. Uh, He got hurt last year, and I think this is kind of seen as a uh, way to kind of get him rehabbed up a little bit. It's not probably going to be a long-term stay, uh, because if he does well enough that Seattle would want to keep him, I think Bournemouth are probably going to want him back too. I don't know. I see a lot of upside here. I, this seems like the kind of thing where they've got... I've been very critical of Seattle's left backs, and I know that you and I kind of disagree on that. Um, but I, I do think that a guy like Nuhu has a lot of potential, but if you can sort of uh, hedge against him a little bit here for when he has his nutty days and when he goes through like his weird form like the happening against Minnesota, uh, you know, having a guy like this could be very beneficial for Seattle going forward.
0: Yeah, it, it, he's not great. Um, it, I I went and I looked all over to try to find some references to him being a winger. I don't know where that's from. I don't see any time that he spent with Liverpool as a winger. Maybe it was with Australia. There's not a lot yeah, of I think, uh, I think data he did out there play available a for there, that. But I
1: mean, mainly this is just like, oh, he's... Well, They were saying, like people saying can, like, oh, well, we didn't get that left winger that we thought we were going to get. So we got this guy that can be a left back. Maybe a left winger because we'd like to put left backs of left wingers. We're Seattle.
0: Well, it, everybody keeps saying Jovan Jones. It keeps mentioning like him in the same breath as that. Um, and maybe that's just from a PR perspective, um, because I don't see any weight to that whatsoever. Now, that being said, he has a lot of, uh, pedigree. There's a lot of good things. As you kind of mentioned, he was sold for almost, uh, upwards of uh, $10,000,000 to Bournemouth initially. I mean, there was incentives obviously, and all sorts of that stuff. Uh, I think it kind of came out to roughly under that, but, um, the real takeaway here is that um, it's the third left back now for the Sounders, all of which are pretty average on paper.
1: I don't think um, this guy is. Um, and, and we've yeah, talked about I this. I don't think this guy.
0: I think they're fine. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Uh, I, I don't see any that really differentiate themselves as being good. I don't see them as bad either.
1: Well, I will say, I think that, well, you look at Brad Smith, I mean, like, I look at this guy's career, and there are a lot of dudes like him in England that are just kind of this cusp where they almost broke through in the Premier League, then didn't quite break through in the Premier League. That doesn't mean that they're bad players, if they don't have something they can offer at, like, MLS level. I mean, I think this guy could be a really good player. We'll see.
0: Well, okay, but so could Thomas Hillard Arce. So could Derek Jones. But that's not what we're so talking could about. So Eric Williamson. I'm not talking about so I'm talking Farfim. about Brad
1: Smith, because that's who they got. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but, okay, but why are we spending TAM money on assets that effectively are sitting third in the depth chart? I don't think he's... Like, that makes no sense to me. I don't think me. he's sitting third why in the depth Why are we... Chart. Spe- what are we doing when it comes to these international signings and signing average players, you average MLS players average. that... We haven't even seen him. We don't know. He played at Liverpool, so he must be great. He came from an English academy. So that means he you know, he went to, you know, all sorts of crazy cool locations. He might have vacationed in Germany. That means that he must be somebody grand. And it's this European preferential treatment. And look, there's a lot of really good players, as you said, that are sitting at the bottom of rosters over in the Premier League that could totally become impact-level players. The problem is MLS is doing a crappy job starting, and I'm not associating Brad Smith as that. Brad Smith could very well come in and be an impact-level player. I don't know that. I'll trust Garth Loggerway to make that decision for his organization. He seems like to have a very good determination, especially with young players, and Brad Smith has had a lot of really good things said about him in the English papers over the last
1: Three years, but I, even when leaving. Liverpool. But I will say that this deal, I think, is structured in such a way that it's not detrimental to Nuhu. It's not detrimental to him. Like I think this is like just a little slight hedge on Nuhu. Like I think that's good. That because it's a loan, it's not going to be a permanent thing. They're not saying, oh well, Nuhu, sorry, we decided to go with the English guy, or he's Australian. But that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, they're basically just saying we're just giving you a little more time. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that does show like a little bit. They still have faith. They still want that to be their guy. Um, I think that they're just they just yeah they're just it, it, it. You know how new he is?
0: I know. I think that that's fair, right? Because they're saying long term he's not gonna be here. But I, you know, the the, the tongue in cheek. You know that there's as all MLS loans have that. And this goes for Portland. Portland's done this. Yeah, I don't think uh, that this is necessarily I,
1: I, I don't know that that's true anymore. i got to look that up. I, I, I was seeing people discuss this earlier today that the, I don't think that there is a purchase option tied to him.
0: That'd be really yeah. interesting if that's yeah. the case. Well, I'll have to I'd be really surprised. Right.
1: Well, anyway, that was Brad Smith to Seattle. Uh, obviously, that will be something that we keep an eye on going forward there. Um, Let's just clean up the last deadline day stuff. Uh, Jorge Villafana and uh, Milano coming back to Portland. Uh, I definitely get Villafana. That's fine. Um, Again, that does, I know, upset you because that pretty much pushes Marco Farfan back down again. Um, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then uh, Milano, I don't really know. He did not strike me as a great player uh, when he was here a couple years ago, but perhaps his time away... He has developed and matured. Uh, Right now, Portland is so good, I'm not sure that I would really do a lot to that team um, if I were in charge of it. Um, So I don't know if these are going to be immediate guys that come in. I think if there was one position you could feasibly see improvement in, it probably was left back, um, as well as Zarek Valentin has done. Uh, So I I understand that. That makes sense to me. Uh, But I, I think Milano probably is more of a bench option at this point.
0: You know Milano gets a lot of hate, and, and some of it to an extent probably uh, kind of fair, just from the perspective that he, he's had some uh, mistakes. That just when you hit the highlight reels, man, yeah, you know, just like that's I that's all she wrote, right? Like, that's just how it's going to go. Um, you, you're going to be looked upon, and um. That's the way it is. But if you look at Milano's time and you compare it to some of the other wingers right now in MLS, um, Rodney Wallace, Kevin Molino, Diego Fungundes, um, th- these players all have fewer expected goals, expected assists per 96 than uh, Milano. Very similar numbers to um Ethan Finley. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I get that he's probably not everybody's cup of tea, and he's made some mistakes, and he's, mi- he's missed some easy goals. Um, I would say be patient with him. I think he's really interesting. Um, <laughs> ironically, uh, he has the same, almost the exact same expected assists plus expected uh, goals uh, per 96 as uh, Piotti. Um, obviously, they get to it in different manners, um, mm. but I think that that's humorous to say the very least.
1: That, that is that almost defies belief to me. That is crazy. Um, so yeah. Well, anyway, that two good two good pieces then for for Portland, an already a very strong Portland team, and you know they're they're looking at, at making a, a big run here. Uh, all right, last ones we've got here are for. I'm 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 not putting Milano
0: in with Piotti as this equal talent loves. Don't be angry with me. No, now. I'm not angry. I, I just, Don't you I, be I, angry, don't you be I, cross? I I looked at these
1: things and I am I, I, I am I need to relook at these and see these. That that's that's amazing. Um Okay, so in addition to that, uh Vitas uh from Portland got moved to D C United for very little, like what, fifty thousand? Um, that makes yeah, sense A clear way for Villafana and I'm glad they did that instead of it, it, you know just pushing Farfan down the third or fourth in that, that depth chart so that's good well you know what's kind of interesting
0: yeah. is that the LA Galaxy got 150k out of this
1: yeah they did um, and they're not even going to be able to Ash cash
0: strapped yeah. LA yeah. Galaxy, by and the way.
1: They're not even going to be able to do anything with it, though, are they? I mean, because it's... Uh,
0: they, I mean, getting $75,000 worth of gam isn't irre- irrelevant, and especially when you're talking about an upcoming year, you're going to have another year yeah. of Zlatan. Yeah. Right. Um, it, it, you know, it could help you, especially if you're going to go out there and spend more TAM on a center back next season. Yeah. I mean, maybe
1: maybe you can maybe do that. Um, so that makes sense. DC United definitely have some uh, issues with fullbacks and... Um, I don't know. Uh, Vitos was a decent. uh decent for Portland, and I think he'll be decent for DC. Yeah, I think, I think I think he was slightly above yeah. average.
0: He's a better. Atta- he's r- way better getting forward, um, which I, I think DC United is going to kind of try to play that little bit of pressing uh, game. That's kind of been some some people's uh, theory is they're going to get a little bit pressing, yeah. and I think uh, he could he could help out with yeah. that. And get forward and help create.
1: And then in a move that actually did surprise me, um, Bill Hamid is coming home. And this is a move I'm sort of, I'm pretty cool on, if I'm honest. Um, Obviously, Bill Hamid's a great goalkeeper. I mean, we've we've seen him. You know, I've looked at your charts before. He's always up there at the top or or very near there. Um, You know, for goals minus expected goals. But DC United have already. I think they've put, like, 600,000 in the goalkeepers already in their cap between um, Usted. Might be a slightly higher. Usted, Steve Clark, and Travis Wara. There's no other Major League Soccer team. Well, Colorado, of course, because they put that much in the (laughs) Jim Howard. But there's no, like, that's a huge cap. I I, I just don't, like, this just seems like, wow, if you spent 600,000 on goalkeepers already and you just need to go get another one, like, that's, I don't know. I feel like I'm surprised that I didn't see Clark at least moved. Um, I'm not surprised n- so, nobody took Ostad at his current salary with how things have been going this year. But no. Um, anyway, yeah. anyway, it, it's I it I he's a hometown hero. He's he's their guy. I get it. It it makes sense to me in that way. And um, it's very exciting for them, kind of as this new team they're building. Um, you know, to kind of have him back there uh, manning the back line. But it just strikes me at this moment in time, it's just kind of a a pretty crazy move.
0: It, it is. Um, they're desperate to win, and they obviously couldn't get a center back, which is really di- a disappointing and b utterly surprising. Um,
1: yeah.
0: So. But. Is what yeah. it is. Uh, it's he's a, he's a great fallback option. I yet yeah, like you said, I can't believe they're going to be spending uh, well over. I, I would guesstimate probably well over nine hundred k on
1: goalkeepers this year cumulatively. Yeah. Um, Right. I mean, it's one thing if like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's another to spend that much and then just not be happy with any of them. (laughs) Right. Right. And yeah, if you're
0: I'm sorry, if you're if you're doing a TAM deal for Bill Hamid. Yeah, totally get it. Like he's maybe one of three players. I can see that happening. But
1: (laughs) now, now, all right. Before we finish up here, question for you. Open ended question. Okay. Uh, who won the transfer window? <sighs> I, can't, I can't figure it out. I've been thinking about this all day. Uh, I'm kind of looking at where I see teams going forward. I think a team that's put themselves in a better position for the rest of the season... I'm kind of tempted to say Seattle with Ruiz Diaz. Um, because they were definitely not in that picture, and they're very much in that picture now. Um, LAFC's done if, if a lot. They had
0: got, if they got Hurtado, yeah. then yeah, I, I I could lean toward that, but no. They, they've they made themselves better, but there's a lot of teams that have made themselves better. SKC's a better version. LAFC, way better off um, with what they've done. Um there's teams across this league that are that Columbus is better off Uh but yeah there I mean I think there aren't any winners necessarily I think there's more losers
1: yeah there are losers in this, this transfer window that is to be sure um well that's it we did it it's kind of a down note no, end did But it. you're all losers major league soccer teams you've all lost um, <laughs> It's. Uh, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad it's over. This is always like a very uh, up-in-the-air time for, for everybody that's kind of involved in this, this sort of uh, uh, analysis portion of the league. So um, from here on out, I guess, well, there's still... You can bring in, what, free agents? I guess that's still a thing you could do for a couple more weeks.
0: Yeah, you could bring in uh, unsigned players. I think... Uh that roster freeze is like what, September 15th or yeah.
1: something? Uh, I don't think you really see a lot of players their teams do that though, so it's it'll be interesting to see if somebody takes advantage of that mechanism. I know Atlanta was still kinda looking for a right back. Um, I think the
0: most fat. Okay, so uh, as far as teams that were trying to get deals done, the most interesting was that Atlanta had the balls to go to RSL and be like, "We want Brooks
1: Lennon." <laughs> <Atlanta>. <laughs>
0: like, if that is remotely true, that is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love, I love that. Yeah. I absolutely want to see more of that.
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no one said no to Atlanta on anything yet thus far. So why wouldn't they?
0: Well, it's not even that. It's it's you know what? Hey, you have a really good young player. I have I have some cash. But I want him. He feels a need for me right now. sell him yeah. to me. No? Okay, well I'll go somewhere else. But I'm going to no, ask. No, that's true. And I'm not to say not to say that other teams aren't asking, but the it's it there hasn't been a lot of hey, you know, Seattle really needed a striker, so they went and they talked to Team X. Oh, NYC really needed, you know, a replacement option for David Villa, and they threw, they offered to spend some money to, you know, get player Y. This, it was just interesting to me. I thought that was really, I thought that was kind of cool and a little bit clever.
1: Yeah, Uh, certainly. uh, It will be interesting to see what, uh, what they do going forward with that, so um yeah that's it we did it we we covered all the major transactions we are we are done with all of that um you can follow harrison on twitter at harrison underscore crow uh you can find me on twitter at a handle for ian and that's the word for not the number four someone asked me about that um and follow analysis of our American Soccer Analysis Twitter handle as at analysis evolved. Uh, do give that a follow, please, so that we can always update you when the show's up. Uh, new content as well. Visit our website at www.americansocceranalysis.com. Those watchability rankings, they're going to be there. You should check them out. Uh, Harrison uh, also has lowered expectations up there. Um, as usual, our weekly kind of features are going up, and uh, definitely they're all going to have some, some analysis of things that have gone on uh, throughout this little trade window here. So please do that. Uh, please visit. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. And until then, enjoy the soccer. The
2: if you tell me she's not here, I'll follow the trail of her tears. That's how I got to know That's how I got to Someday. That's how I got to Memphis. That's how I got to Memphis. I haven't eaten a bite or slept for three days and nights. That's how I got to Memphis. That's how I got to Memphis. Start to crying. That's how I got to Memphis. That's how I got to Memphis. That's how I got to Memphis. That's how I got to. to